You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick. I feel like I'm really building this up, who the host is today. <laughs> Get excited, everyone. Don't be that excited. I'm M. Vernon, filling in for Chelsea today while she's off living her best life. She's on the most tropical, glorious Instagram holiday I've ever seen. She looks so good. I had to mute I'm her. so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I mute anyone when they go on holidays and I forget to unmute, so I only see like 10 people's content in my Insta feed. Sorry, and then everyone. when they come back, do you go back in their feed well, and catch up? Here's the thing. No, no, because I have to remember that I muted them. I was oh out of mind. There's probably people that I muted like five years ago that are still there. Oh no. In the wasteland. How do you tell who you, you could got have muted? missed engagement, probably, babies. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. I'll bump it just on the street like here's my two-year-old. <laughs> I'm like, oh sorry, I just didn't want to see Oopsie. your cans fix. Anyway, <laughs> coming up on the show today, very serious discussion. There have been some allegations made about the Kelly Clarkson show, about how it's a toxic work environment, and Kelly Clarkson has now responded. So we're going to get into that and the real fallout for women who work in that area. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. So the BAFTA TV Awards were held over the weekend. So if anyone's not across, the BAFTAs are the UK version of the Oscars, very high profile. This is for the TV Awards and they were held in London over the weekend. So some of the big winners to come out, just in case you're looking for something to watch on TV, Bad Sisters was one of the big winners of the night. It won Best Drama Series and also Best Supporting Actress for Anne-Marie Duff. If you haven't watched that, it's on Apple TV at the moment. Highly recommend. Amazing show. And in the international category, bit of a controversial Controversial one. Oh god, I hate when I have to say this title of this TV show. I thought we were past this. Dharma Monster, the Jeffrey Dharma story. Oh my god, get it together, Ryan Murphy. One for best international show. Obviously, there was a lot of backlash around that being too violent and gory. Apparently, the British people really liked that and it won. A really cute win from the night was Kate Winslet won the prize for best leading actress for I Am Ruth, which starred her real life daughter, Mia Threppleton. So Kate and Mia went up on stage to accept the award together. Um, Mia started crying and her mum was really cute and said, we did this together, kiddo. There were days when it was agony for her to dig as deeply as she did and it took my breath away. So a cute little mother-daughter moment there. So we've talked about on The Spill before how Taylor Swift's era tour has been infiltrating our TikTok feeds. Like, I honestly believe I've seen this entire three-hour concert. Why do I know every moment of this show? And from, like, 20 different angles. I know. And also the worst thing is that when I'm in the office, I sit next to Chelsea. Oh, yeah. And she has a timer on so that when Taylor's performing, oh. the timer goes off so she can see what the surprise song is. I don't know what that means. But oh, my God. the countdown is extreme. I do feel a bit intimidated talking about this right now because this is Chelsea's weird. House. No, I know. She's going to break down the She's door. She's going to be it's listening to this second. and messaging me going, why would well, you do this? Well, it's her fault for being away because this is the second <laughs> Taylor Swift story we've done in her absence. Anyway, sorry, continue. Okay. So on Saturday night, particularly, Taylor was performing in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And during her song, Bad Blood, she started to say some things that people initially thought was ad-libbing. So funny. I don't know 
what? You know why? It sounds because when you just listen to the audio, it sounds like someone has like done a remix with her shouting. She didn't do anything. It's like that remix where someone put. Have you seen with someone? <laughs> do you know which one I'm talking about? Where I knew you in trouble when you walked in. Someone yeah, put the, the, ghost. the ghost sound in. That's what it sounds like. But it was not a goat. It was a security guard, right? It was a security guard. So I think the reason why people thought it was ad-libbing was because she didn't miss a beat. Yeah. (laughs) She was yelling, leave her alone. She didn't do anything in between the song and her dance moves. And it went with the song. Like the song was (laughs) Bad Blood. And I was like, whoa, this is new. (laughs) Not sure if I'm on board, but I'll go with it. And then I realised like everyone else on TikTok was that she wasn't ad-libbing. She was actually, what you said, was speaking to a security guard. So no one knew the whole story over the weekend. I think this was infiltrated on all of our TikTok feeds. We just saw her yelling at a security guard. From every angle. From every (laughs) angle except the security guard or the girl's POV that she was referencing to. So it wasn't until this morning where Caitlin Gable, the fan who Taylor Swift was referring to in the video, she went on TikTok and actually shared what went down. I was the girl that Taylor talked to last night. Basically, the guard had been, like, harassing our group all night just to, like, he just kept telling us not to touch the rail. And, like, every time we did anything, he was, like, on top of us. We're dancing. We're having fun. And he didn't like it. And Taylor noticed that I was having fun and that he didn't like it. And she didn't like it. And then he basically, like, got escorted out. And then they offered us free tickets for tonight. It wasn't this big, crazy thing. It was, like, just a bunch of girls having a good time. And he didn't want us to have fun. So I'm kind of glad that she confirmed and said it wasn't this big, crazy thing. Because I think we can all agree when a performer who's performing in front of like 70,000 people stops and has to say something, I think our minds go into the worst possible situation, especially knowing that all her fans are so young. They're all young girls. Yeah, yeah. But luckily, Caitlin confirmed that the security was just a really unhappy guy. Oh, I know. And he got escorted out and they got free tickets. So. Oh, well, that's a happy ending story. Happy because ending. without her coming forward and saying that, a lot of people were thinking, like, was there some fighting happening yeah. or had something, like, you know, that Taylor had missed? Like, there were all these conspiracy theories. People are so weird spinning around about what had happened in that moment. I feel like what's happening in the audience for these Taylor Swift concerts is more interesting than what's happening on stage a lot mm. of the time. Like, people thinking, like, which celebrity guests are there? Like, is Matt Healy her new boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you don't like him? No. Okay, well, he's there to stay, it looks like. So he's, like, watching with her mum and dancing. And then Blake Lively's two daughters were, like, the recent concert. And then Taylor's walking out holding their hands. And, like, their oldest daughter is, like, the same height as Taylor Swift, which is wild. That is so wild. She's like an old lady now. (laughs) (laughs) So all that stuff's happening. So, well, good to know that no one was hurt. And I'm just waiting for that remix to come out. Okay, so over the weekend, some allegations about Kelly Clarkson and her talk show came to light. Pains me to say because I'm such a diehard Kelly Clarkson fan. I've seen her three times in concert and would see again. She's great live. Okay, so to the matter at hand. So over the weekend, Rolling Stone published this big report where they'd spoken to 11 current and former employees of the Kelly Clarkson show Mm -hmm. who all came forward to talk about their experiences working there and the complaints they'd made. It should be said they all remained anonymous, but obviously Rolling Stone had verified all their identities and how long they'd been on the show, all that sort of thing. 
So basically the allegations they talked about being overworked and underpaid and said that the show behind the scenes was incredibly toxic and was very traumatizing to their mental health. Something that hasn't really been picked up, I don't think, enough is that the allegations are not about Kelly Clarkson specifically. In fact, in the report, a lot of the production staff who are making complaints said that she was great to work with, their issue was not with her. It's actually the production team who run the show and who are their bosses that have made their lives hell. It also says in the report that it's been announced that the show production is moving from LA to New York next season, meaning that a lot of staff and crew members will have likely lost their jobs because they can't Mm. all relocate to New York, especially with the writer's strike going on at the moment. A lot of these shows are shut down. So, you know, the whole industry is in flux. And apparently the staff found out just a few minutes before the news was made public, like reported online. So that's all come out. And in response that, Kelly Clarkson has put up a statement on her Instagram account that read, in my 20 years in the entertainment industry, I've always led with my heart and what I believe to be right. And I love my team at the Kelly Clarkson show. And then she went on to say that she's really committed to making sure it's a safe and healthy environment. And then she talked about the move to New York and said that she's really committed to making sure the new team who are working in New York are the best and kindest in the business. So kind of saying that a lot of the staff aren't moving on Mm. and then went on to say that when it comes to leadership, this idea of toxicity has to be eradicated and really took responsibility for it. Oh my God. Okay. I'm not going to lie, but when you were reading like throughout the interviews and you were saying how the anonymous people who came forward, the issue wasn't actually with Kelly Clarkson. I was a bit like, phew. (laughs) Wait, did you think it was? Well, I think that's just automatically assumed, right? This is what happens. This is what we always say media literacy when people only read the headlines, because obviously like people are interested in this because of Kelly Clarkson and the idea that she has potentially done something wrong or treated her staff badly. Mm. But I think the allegations in this report of like what happened to these staff members is pretty terrible, even without the Kelly Clarkson connotation. But we always like to kind of center that to someone. Yeah, and I think especially after everything that went down with Ellen DeGeneres that happened so recently, it just feels like now that these super famous people, whenever they take on these big talk show shows, knowing that they're going to be employing like so many people, I think you kind of have to realise that if something does go wrong, you will be cancelled. Yeah. Like you will just have so many people like putting you as the face of that, that face of the issue no matter what. Yeah, exactly, when your name's on the talk show. Yeah. And it's also kind of interesting that one of the reasons why so many women don't get to, and no women currently, get to have those late-night TV shows, Mm -hmm. which is where like the big viewership and where the ad dollars and all the money's going, is because the idea that like, you know, they're not likeable or they could be bitchy or too emotional and that's why they get put on these daytime slots and then there's always kind of drama linked to that as well. I think the difference with the Ellen DeGeneres stuff is that a lot of the allegations though were about her like it was about the environment on set and how production worked but also a lot of it was linked to what she'd said to staff members how she treated them so that kind of came out against her which I think was a bit different Mm -hmm. but I guess it's also interesting that both Kelly and Ellen kind of addressed it the same way but because Ellen went out and did like a very jokey monologue about it remember that everyone was like dying to know because it happened on the off season yeah 
and she hadn't said anything, which is kind of fair. Like everyone wanted her to make a statement on the day it happened. And I was like, you know, she needs to get her head around what's happening mm. and you can't just put out a statement. It doesn't mean anything. But I think when she came out to do that monologue, everyone was like, this is the moment we've been waiting for her to answer. And she obviously did say some nice stuff about leading with kindness and also the fact that when you become the kind lady, you have to be the kind person every single day, every moment to everyone. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if someone has a bad experience with you, that's kind of becomes your personality. Yeah. It was also quite jokey, so I don't think it landed as well. So I feel like Kelly has like maneuvered out of it in an interesting way. Yeah, what do you think of her like statement, like Kelly's statement? I quite liked it. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, obviously she can't go through and call out any kind of people on her production team or anything like that. I guess like you need to see the action behind it because obviously she's saying like, we're going to lead with love and kindness and integrity. They're kind of just words. So Mm. you'd have to see kind of how it like works out when the show does move to New York but I feel like it really does go to show that when it comes to these like talk shows like you're saying the women at the center of them have a real target on their back at the moment like Drew Barrymore is having to like really kind of navigate that because if anything came out about that show that would be like a huge news story and it's always interesting that when Busy Phillips had a late night talk show that got cancelled even though like the viewership was quite good but got cancelled I mean she says it because she was a woman I kind of tend to believe that's true that they were kind of really really big on making sure that the set was really nice behind the scenes because if it wasn't that would give the network even more cause to shut them down where that doesn't happen on like male-led shows. Yeah even I remember Lily Singh who's like a big YouTuber superwoman she had a late night show and I think she was like the first South Asian woman to have a late night show and that got cancelled as well and I think also the women who end up doing these talk shows they are set against a standard that only thrives in a male environment. Yeah. Like it's very masculine humour and like very self-deprecating humour that sometimes I feel like people don't really like when it comes out of a woman's mouth. Yeah. And it just sucks that this has to happen and it's like always these women who are the ones who have to kind of be the brunt of it and also be on cleanup duty. And an idea that you have to like host a talk show, produce it and always be super nice to everyone. Mm. Otherwise, you'll kind of get labelled as a toxic boss. And I'm not saying that Ellen wasn't. Like I actually do feel like with the Ellen conversation, what gets lost is it sounds like she did actually yeah, behave yeah, really badly. But obviously different to like people joke about how terrible like David Letterman could be, but they're just like, oh, that was just him. He's a genius. Mm. So much has been said about James Corden, how he treats his staff behind the scenes. And he gets kind of raked over the coals a little bit, but only when people think it's a funny story about him being rude at a restaurant, not yeah. actually what's happening behind the scenes. And even recently with a writer's strike and like, I haven't verified this, but on Twitter, a lot of writers have been saying that when it came to shutting their shows down, who was going to get paid? Like someone like a Seth Meyers allegedly got on the Zoom call with the staff and was like, we're going to try and pay you while you're striking. We'll get it together. Whereas like Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon and like all those kind of other heads of talk shows and hosts didn't jump on those calls, haven't addressed their staff. Mm. They're not being paid. Again, allegedly, like I wasn't on the Zoom. Love to have been. <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> Should ask for your invite next time. Exactly. But I'm saying like that hasn't like stuck anywhere. Yeah. But I feel like if that had happened with Kelly Clarkson that would also be a big news story so yeah interesting to see what happens when the show does move to New York and how these allegations are addressed because for Rolling Stone to do that big investigation it feels like more will happen in the future but highly recommend you read the full report there's a lot in there and we'll link it in the show notes well thank you so much for listening to The Spill today and thanks Em for joining thanks for having me I'm so sorry Chelsea but can't (laughs) wait to hear you back 
Okay. Weird thank you, but okay. <laughs> this episode of The Spill was produced by myself, Laura Brodnick, with audio production by Rhiannon Mooney. Our executive producer is Gia Moylan. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au and over on The Spill Instagram. Bye. See ya. Na 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 na